Welcome to the Faithful Fathering Podcast. This is Rick Wirtz, the founder and president of Faithful Fathering, where the mission is to encourage and equip dads to be faithful fathers and to uh, engage you in, in raising a godly generation by reinvigorating the church. Uh, our ministry is about coming beside the church to raise a bar for fathering in the in every body of Christ we can. Uh, in this series, we're talking about spiritual leadership because dads tend to, to fall into the secular uh, mode, if you will, to lead secularly by example versus leading spiritually by example. To uh, discuss how, how that uh, really takes shape, I'm uh, spending these, uh, this, this set of podcasts, this series of podcasts, talking about my favorite king, King Josiah, uh, who turned the heart, his heart to the Lord like no other king before or after him did. So uh, we're looking at uh, how he got a holy nudging to clean the house of the Lord, how he uh, gleaned the knowledge that uh, was was provided as they read the book of the law that they found in the temple to him, how he responded, the conviction, the personal conviction, and how he communicated that to his nation of what the Lord uh, was expecting of them as a people of God. And in this uh, segment, we're going to be talking about the action that he took. You know, he didn't just sit on that knowledge. He uh, was very intentional in taking action. But as we, uh, before we get into that, I want to introduce my uh, partner in ministry, uh, Faithful Fathering's Operations Manager, Mr. Jason Hall. Jason, thank you for joining us. Thank you so much, Rick. I'm blessed to be here today. Anything in these uh, earlier podcasts that you want to sum up, uh, anything on your heart that uh, we can uh, uh, just encourage dads as we encourage them to take action? Sure, it's been tremendous. I mean, I've learned so much and I appreciate the conversation. Definitely, I would say the practicalities um, spiritually, you know, instilling these principles of reading the the scriptures with your children, uh, praying with them, um, you know, having those discussions at the dinner table. I really love what you said, Rick, when you said um, allow a spiritual view of Mm -hmm. something. I'm bringing a spiritual view because it could be a secular topic or secular situation. But if you bring a spiritual view, then they'll be like, oh, you know, that's different, right? And it gives them another perspective of how Christ would look at something. Um, This has been tremendous. Um, Really praying with my wife has been my personal conviction to pray with my wife more Mm. as we've been talking about that. Um, Definitely because seeing these examples are so critical as we've been talking about. I know that, you know, there's a lot of separation and divorce and and it's hard. It's extremely hard. Mm -hmm. And the the child, you know, um, sometimes they don't know what to do. They get lost or their mindset. Um, There's many discouraging things that can happen. But um, speaking of these these dads, sometimes, you know, you could be a mentor. You could be a spiritual leader in your home. You can change the whole trajectory of your family. Absolutely. You know, spiritually, the Mm -hmm. spiritual leadership is the most important component of any leadership. I know we have secular leadership, but the spiritual part is so much more needed in the context of raising our children to be the faithful fathers we're called to be. It's it's a, it's giving them direction. Mm-hmm. You know, I love how um, we talked about one of the episodes of um, Proverbs 3.5, lean not to your own understanding, you know, and acknowledge him in all your ways. He shall direct your paths. You know, trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Mm. And and Josiah, King Josiah was a king that, you know, he put his whole heart, his whole mind, his whole soul, soul into the Lord. So I really, I, I love this uh, 
these series because it, this series is so rich and so full mm. and it gives me um, so much encouragement and I pray that it gives each one of you encouragement as well. Well, that's uh, that's what impressed me by Josiah. He uh, he did. He was a man of action. He, yes. uh, he didn't just sit on his laurels, but uh, you know, because he, he the prophetess had said it. Everything everything's gonna be okay through your lifetime, and mm-hmm. so he could have just taken that and said, "Okay, I'm cool." Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. But that's not what he did, and uh, I think mm-hmm. that's uh, really you know, there's a lot of things going on in this world. You wonder what in the world's going on, and uh, and the bottom line is the world is going on, yes. and uh, we need as men of God need to step forward as a Josiah. I always like, a, you know, the king did follow his words, the reading of the law with action. Uh, let me share a couple of passages here. This first one's from Second Chronicles uh, 34-33. It says, Josiah removed all the detestable idols from all of the territory belonging to the Israelites, and he had all who were present in Israel serve the Lord their God. As long as he lived, they did not fail to follow the Lord their God, uh, the God of their ancestors. And then in 2 Kings 23, he goes on to say, the king ordered Hilkiah the high priest, uh, uh, the, the, uh, the, the priest next in rank, and the doorkeepers to remove from the temple of the Lord all the articles made for Baal and Asherah and all the starry hosts. You know, these are the other gods that were being worshipped at that time. Uh, Baal being the, 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 the worship of the, the golden calf. Asherah was a sexuality god. But uh, he said he did away with the idolatrous priests uh, appointed by the kings of Judah to burn incense in the high places of the towns of Judah and on those around Jerusalem. He took the Asherah pole from the temple of the Lord to the Kidron Valley and burned it there. He also tore down the quarters of the male shrine prostitutes uh, that were in the temple of the Lord. <laughs> the quarters where wom- women were we- did weaving for Asherah. Uh, he desecrated uh, Topath, uh, and so no one could use it to sacrifice their son or daughter to the fire of Molech. Uh, he pulled down the altars of the kings of Judah had erected on the roof near the upper room of Ahaz, and the altars Manasseh had built in the two courts of the temple of the Lord. He removed them from there, smashed them to pieces, and threw the rubble into the Kidron Valley. The king also desecrated the high places that were east of the De- Jerusalem on the south hill of uh, on the south of the hill of corruption. The one Solomon had built for Ashtoreth, <laughs> the vile goddess of the Sidonians, and for Shemash, the vile god of Moab, and for Molech, the uh, detestable god of the people of Ammon. Josiah smashed the sacred stones and cut down the Asherah poles. Josiah definitely disrupted the status quo. <laughs> for Yes. For that nation, you know? <laughs> and uh, you think, well, those gods don't exist today. Well, yes, they do. You know, whether it's the 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 uh, golden bull could be the bull of the stock market. Right. <laughs> the the uh, Molech sacrifice of children could be abortion. Uh, you know, the mm-hmm. sexuality god. You don't have to say more about what how how Asherah is uh, uh-huh. alive and well today. So, uh, what what status quo uh, needs to be disrupted in in lives today? Uh, whether you want to take that on personally and your life today or whatever what what needs to be what status quo going on uh mm. today needs to be disrupted oh yeah absolutely the, uh, this is a great question um one thing that was a big huge topic is like taking prayer out of schools um we need prayer mm-hmm. we need um to take the status that we do not need god the status quo we need god 
We need to pray. We need to seek his face, um, turn from our wicked ways, as the scripture talks about um, the wickedness, the, you know, putting other things before God, all these different elements that and, and, and something that as simple as putting things before God could be, you know, as we talked about in previous um, episodes, putting sports first or putting shopping first or you know it could be little thing or cleaning your vehicles too much mm-hmm. or just just distractions that can take away from the mm-hmm. hand of god and mm-hmm. what he wants to do right so it's not necessarily a horrible thing it might not be but it's just um the spirit of laziness things like that and not doing the things in excellence but just submitting to the culture and not allowing us to influence the culture you mm-hmm. know and i know there's some things in life that are more challenging than others but i know like we need to take the status quo of we need to do it on our own but we need to rely on god more that's mm-hmm. that's the main thing to trust in god more it's better to, the scripture says it's better to put confidence in in god than it is in man sure and so mm-hmm. you know we need to have those personal relationships we need each other in the body of christ but we need to always be looking at god first hmm. in this age of tolerance it seems like we've learned to tolerate a whole bunch of stuff that we yeah. shouldn't be tolerating <laughs> exactly right. uh, is there anything in your home that you feel like you maybe have tolerated and you needed to uh, take a stand against that? absolutely there was um particular situations where my kids were watching Maybe a movie, um, like rated R movies that they shouldn't, mm-hmm. that had too much mm-hmm. violence and different things. Um, so we had to, you know, tell our kids, like, look, I t- you know, you can't watch that movie, you know. And they're like, well, everybody else is doing it. And that's the number one thing that sometimes the children say, well, they're doing it. No, we're not going to do it. As for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. So, so we definitely had to take a stand. Um, I had to say, no, we're not watching that. We're not allowing, you know. And a simple thing is like, um, I like, you know, the family to eat together a few times a week at the dinner table. And sometimes the kids fight against it. But I'm like, no, we're going to eat together. And then we get upset. But I'm like, we need to have that commute time mm-hmm. and they're like well I don't see that anywhere else I said exactly but this is what we're going to do so that's what I, you know, we, <laughs> we, even before cell phones we turned off the TV turned off the mm-hmm. radio we had dinner together and yes. uh, you know the Center for Alcohol and Substance Abuse to this day still shows that kids are uh, five times more likely to get involved in drugs and alcohol if uh, they're not eating dinner together mm. uh, five times a week so wow. if you eat dinner five times a week together then uh, you're you're knocking that uh, that down so mm. uh, we have to implement that and what I always just said when they said well nobody else does that so well I guess their parents don't love them as much as they love you <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm going to use that one <laughs> so, like so that, that. Uh, that may be the, the right way to go because go. Uh, some of these things uh, do need to be desecrated certainly yes. the things coming into our home uh, I, I encourage dads, you know, even things that come in the snail mail these days mm-hmm. sometimes are essentially soft porn coming in oh, yeah. to the home. And, and, uh, and then the, uh, the being alert to what's on these phones. You yes. know, I, I, I discourage uh, data on phones uh, through high school or into high school anyway. You know, you, you, every parent has to measure what they can do. Action to disrupt the, the status quo has to be filled with something to fill the gap. If you're going to purge all this stuff, then you better fill 
fill it in with something. Otherwise, right. uh, well, they say the the uh, the evil will come back sevenfold. If, uh, if you purge the evil spirit, they'll come back to an empty house sevenfold. So we have to take some action. And Josiah introduced that action by introducing, uh, reintroducing the Passover uh, with all of that, uh, all of its specific practices. Second uh, Chronicles uh, thirty-five eighteen says the Passover had not been observed like this in Israel since the days of the prophet Samuel. So uh, none of the kings of Israel had ever celebrated such a Passover as did Josiah with the priests, the Levites, and all Judah and Israel who were there with the people of Jerusalem. So for to, for dads today, it might be uh, uh, to start with simply leading the way to church weekly. You know, right. that might be a, a way to fill the gap. That'd be a great start if that's not the practice presently. Uh, what steps uh, did you take? Uh, you, know, you disrupted the status quo in your life. What were some steps that you took? Were you already going to church? Is that something you did, or did you realize that maybe t- going to church wasn't enough? Hmm. That's a great question. You know, we were going to church, but there needed to be other things of discipline, mm-hmm. um, spirituality in that. Mm-hmm. So meaning um, some daily devotionals, some praying, some reading of the scripture, but also spending that quality time um, with the children and mm-hmm. my wife to enhance that relationship. Because a lot of times if you try to pour into uh, someone spiritually, if you don't have a strong relationship, then they're not able to be as receptive. Mm-hmm. So doing the things that it takes to invest in the relationship um, to show that spiritual leadership, you know, to be there for my kids, to be at the ball games, to be at um, the activities that they do mm-hmm. and be in their lives and ask them, how was your day? Mm-hmm. And then, then you can incorporate that spirituality in that conversation. Sure. So sure. those are some of the things I did to incorporate that spirituality in that. That's, that's uh, that again, that, that step, that, that taking that first step may be leading them to church, but then right. sensitize that. You aren't impressing the devil with uh, a couple hours every Sunday. You've got to <laughs> Monday through Saturday, right? right. And, uh, and 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 in fact, a lot of times dads get so caught up in the world mm-hmm. that they think leading spiritually is just leading to church. Right. And whereas, in fact, Monday through Saturday, they're leading secularly mm-hmm. by their example versus leading spiritually. And so what you've just said was, you know, pick up some of those other practices to right. pray regularly, to eat dinner together, to make those events as best mm-hmm. you can, you know, the, be always there to pour into them and, uh, and again, bring in that, uh, that scriptural perspective sometimes Absolutely. into, uh, into secular uh, examples, secular situations. The uh, leading spiritually by example, the, the uh, second Kings kind of wraps up uh, the story of Josiah this way. It says, uh, furthermore, Josiah got rid of the mediums, the spiritists, the household gods, the idols, and all the other detestable things seen in Judah and Jerusalem. And then he wraps it up by saying, neither before nor after Josiah was there a king like him who turned to the Lord as he did with all of his heart, with all of his soul, with all of his strength in accordance with all of the law of Moses. May this be said of a generation of dads, a generation of faithful fathers committing to lead spiritually by example in the home, church, and the community. Uh, did you see, uh, or do you see, a leadership void impeding uh, the fathering movement? Uh, do, you, do you sense that, or do you see that uh, in any perspective? Yes, um, I see this gap uh, in leading spiritually. I see some good things happening, but I also need to 
Um, as I love how you said, God is great. I, we need to see some great things, mm-hmm. you know, some improvements, some enhancements. Um, this spiritual leadership is a most important component because uh, during this, you know, in society, we live in this divorce, separated, you know, lack of unity in marriage and different things. Society, this sheds a light. You know, this shows what a man should be. This shows that example um, that comes ultimately from Jesus, the Christ. You know, it shows that the love, you know, the scripture talks about love is patient, it's kind. You know, all these different uh, components of what um, a godly character looks like. A mm-hmm. man looks like a man of God. He's gentle. He's also bold, but he's also gentle, a man of God. So just seeing these different things of um, masculinity, but also the gentleness, the kindness, the love, the the nurturing. You know, I know that mothers obviously are more nurturing, but fathers can be nurturing, too. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. we can give a hug, a good godly um, engagement with our kids, something that looks pure, something that is pure. And as opposed to what the world is doing, we hear about all these different things going on. But we can show something that disrupts, as you said earlier, societal's views on, oh, the man are doing all these inappropriate things. No, we can be appropriate in Christ and we can show that it's possible and our children can see that there can be a bright home and a bright future for them because of how the godly examples that the man is setting in their home. Absolutely. It's all about leading. And dads, about leading. And dads when there's a leadership void, mm-hmm. we know the world is more than happy to fill that void with unhealthy options. So step up as a spiritual leader in your home, as a faithful father. Be a Josiah dad across this year. The dad you're called to be, and that's the dad the next generation needs. God bless. Godspeed.